is currently on the couch with me. Tingle, tingle, <laughs> tingle, tingle, tingle. Yeah. It's tingle. like that episode of Star Trek, the yes. devil with tingles. <laughs> yeah. I'm Zach. I'm Riff. And I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. It's time for episode number 232 of Video Games Hot Dog. Was 232 correct? That's what I have. Hooray! How's it going, guys? <laughs> Good. Yeah. We're recording at a weird different time because uh, last night's normal recording time was instead taken up by the Firewatch launch party. Yay! They have launched. Everyone was there except for Jim and Riff. It's true. Everyone. Gosh. Yeah, people even came down from Portland. Oh, that's true. Huh. So, so there. Ollie came all the way from England. That's true. I couldn't even come from Oakland. Yep. Couldn't be bothered. Nope. What'd you do instead with your newfound freedom? Um, recording video games hot dog on a Wednesday night. I, I was I was making video games. <gasps> really? Hmm. Do you worry that by talking about making video games, you are confirming... Anything? The non-existence of some video uh, games. I, I I do think about that sometimes, but I, I didn't say what video game That's I could true. be maybe, working on. Maybe you've got contract work. Yeah, I could I could be I could be working on Frog Fraction Six based on <laughs> based on yeah based on the like incredible reception that Frog Fractions Two had and the millions of dollars that it made. Right. Uh, yeah. Now you can just do whatever you want. You can, yeah. You right. What you want to do is make video games. But I want to do is make Frog Fraction Six. <laughs> So <laughs> you're skipping all over been... three, four, and five. Just going. No, they're also six, done. The right. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a known thing that happens. Is that the sixth entry in a series is usually the best one? Yep. Like I think you want to F. skip to Frog Fractions three because three is always the best one. Three is the best Harry Potter. Hmm. Three is the best book in the Dark Tower series. Hmm. Uh, three is the best uh, in the series of musketeers candy bars <laughs> <laughs> i feel super empowered you guys by what godfather three i i um over the weekend i put new hardware in my laptop and got it working Ooh. whoa i put a uh I actually like spent like time on paper like how do i how do i make this happen what i ended up doing is i i bought um a new SSD drive, a new hard drive, an optical bay caddy to put to replace my DVD drive. Okay. Um, I put the optical bay caddy and the new hard drive in my laptop, copied all the old shit from my old hard drive onto the new one. Yeah. And then put an SSD drive in the place of my old hard drive, and then I installed Windows on that. Okay. And now I boot from the SSD drive and all my old shit is on the old hard drive. And it actually worked. Like that thought process, as complicated as it was, like working out that plan, it actually, at the end of it, I just booted it up and had a copy of Windows that ran and then all my old data not lost. What it seems like that doesn't seem like a crazy plan if you were describing doing it to a desktop machine. But the idea of doing any kind of actual hardware work on a laptop just feels crazy. I. That's that's how I felt about it until I started like talking to my friends who deal with modern hardware, and it's actually pretty straightforward, as I, as as it turns out. I replaced the hard drive in like a one of the one of the like glossy white iBooks once, and that was that was a pain, but I guess it was pretty doable. I only cracked the case in one place. 
Jeez. Right, right. Yeah, the um the the model of laptop I have, the um the optical drive just comes out, you remove one screw and then you yank. And it's just a screw like uh, it's a regular Phillips head screw in the middle of the of the back of the laptop. Hmm. Um and then the the hard drive, um it's under a a plate that you know, you have to re- remove a bunch of screws to to get it out, but it's it's clearly intended to be replaced, to remo- to removed and replaced. So That's nice. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it felt, it was very empowering in terms of like, both I felt like I was in control of my, uh, equipment and also that now I can reboot my machine in 15 seconds. What was the situation beforehand? The situation beforehand was that I had a failing hard drive and rebooting was like a five minute affair. Uh. And so that, that was, uh, that was something I felt like I needed to deal with. Upgrading to the newest version of Mac OS, my computer went from like basically fine operation to I have to boot it and let it sit for five minutes while it sort of figures out what it's doing. Yeah. Each application sort of takes a lot longer to like actually load. And some of them just say that they've loaded, but haven't actually loaded until you click on them. And then they're, and then they're like, oh, no, no, no. Okay. Now I'm getting to it. So you have to like <laughs> kind of be present and bring things up one at a time. Right. What I have been hearing about. Uh, the, the focus of the development of Windows for the past three or four versions is that they're trying to make boot, boot times faster. Oh, nice. They're trying to make it more efficient. Apparently, Windows 10, which is what I installed, is oh. smaller and faster than Windows 8. Huh. Which is, like, that never happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it's hard for me to actually make a straight across comparison because I've also got the speedy hardware now. Hmm. But, um, it's, I'm, I'm really proud of myself. I feel like, uh, I feel accomplished. And it's nice to feel like you have an actual user serviceable machine, but still with the convenience of a laptop. Yeah. Yeah. It I still is. need to give you that in my old desktop machine. Oh, yeah. Because I got a we new were... sick rig. I just need to, I'm going to give it to you without hard drives. So you'll get to install some new hard drives. <laughs> All right. And you'll feel very empowered by that, except, uh, or I could just use an old tape drive and load only Commodore 64 games. Ooh. That'd be so great. You can get like a VIC 20 cartridge slot on there too. Yeah. Order yeah. monsters all the time. Do, do you think they shipped Firewatch in cartridge form? <laughs> if you asked real nice, they might make you one. Yeah. Did you guys hear about um, uh, Retro City Rampage? The the developer of that like took a he made it a hobby project to like I'm just gonna do a DOS port of this game, hmm. and he actually shipped it on a single uh 1.44 megabyte floppy disk. Whoa! Was that game any good? Not really. It was okay. It was an okay 2D uh, GTA clone, but um, it thought it was a lot funnier than it actually was. That's technically impressive, though. Yeah, very, very much so. Yeah. Retro City Rampage is that? Is it meant to have sort of a modern sensibility, but old style? Um, it's it's. I, I think the original conceit was. Uh, I don't remember if he actually started writing 6502 code, but the original idea was what if Grand Theft Auto ran on NES? I see. Um, and uh, for, that was his name, Brian Provinciano, I think, is how you pronounce it. Um, uh, I know that he, uh, the renderer for um, the game as originally conceived, used the same restrictions as the NES GPU, which is a strange thing to do like a very like it's an interesting um i mean didn't shovel knight sort of have the same 
theory, like we're going to pick a particular hardware spec yeah. and try to make a game well, yeah, with modern e- sensibilities, but... Yeah, as a design constraint, though, yeah. not like as technical constraint. Yeah, only it's only aesthetically, and even then, like, they did stuff with, like, more colors on the screen than you would have been allowed to have on an Nintendo. The aspect right? ratio was... It was sure. a modern. It was they had parallax layers. It was it was pretty different, but I, I do think the aesthetic was heavily informed. I think, for example, it uses the NES palette, right? Which is a very strange set of colors. I must have been thinking of something else. Then they definitely like could put more sprites on the screen. Than oh yeah, for NES sure. They use like more to. audio channels than would have been available or something like that. Yeah, and like the music doesn't have to dip out when the sound effects are playing yeah. and stuff like that. I remember reading a thing that sh- just talked about all of the actual differences between, like, what would this have actually been like on an NES. But, you know, <laughs> right. number of controls, mm. which is a big thing. Yeah. I was just reading an essay talking about... Um, it wasn't an essay. It was an interview with one of the designers of Mega Man uh, on... Sh- Oh man, shmupulation.com, I think was the name of the website. Okay. <laughs> it was. I, I recommend people track this down. There's something uh, JP linked to... Uh, really interesting essay about the uh, origins of that game. Um, but one of the things it talked about was the uh, programmer on the game had just come from, I think, doing like pro- programming for, for robots in car factories. And so all his code was really um, careful and uh, relatively bug free, but slow. Because it had his his priorities were always to make things safe exactly, and so that was um, one of the reasons Mega Man has fewer things on screen and moving than many other games, and why they used they were that 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 gave them extra sprites to use for the protagonist because Mega Man is composed of two overlaid sprites. I see. Is it? It's also why Mega Man has never uh, injured a consumer. Right. (laughs) Yes. Well, that's he's obeying the first law of robotics. Right. Is Mega Man a robot? Mega Man is a robot, I right? Think so yeah, it's not a guy like in a robot suit. No, it's just a very human-looking robot. I don't. Mm, although it might have a human brain in there, I don't actually know much Mega Man lore except for the fact that he's a robot. A what about Roll? Is that the his I, I, dog? I, that's his sister. I don't but I think it's his human sister. Hmm. Is, is that just Doctor like Doctor Light's, Dr. Light's daughter? daughter? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I think if my name was Doctor Light and I had a daughter, I would name her Crystal. <laughs> Crystal. Oh, I get it. If I had a son, I would name him Bud. Wow. Please don't have children. Yeah. <laughs> if I had a band, I would name it Traffic. Well, my last name is Johnson, so this wouldn't. Bud no. Johnson. Yeah. Traffic Johnson's a pretty good name. <laughs> yeah, Traffic Johnson. <laughs> I'm sad that I can't go through with my original plan, which was to name my son Cave. Because mm. Valve came along and ruined that plan. It's taken. Yeah. I could name... You could name your son J.K. It's true. Simmons. And then you could tell people you were just kidding. There's... Uh, every time I uh, walk past the corner that's down from my new house, there's a car with a sign on it advertising this like real estate guy whose whose first name is j-o-s-h-i-n and i always think that guy and jk rowling would really get along because she's jk and he's joshin 
I think that every time. What an huh. odd name. Yeah, Joshin. Yoshin. The last name is Bruguera, which I also don't... Is that Hispanic? No idea. Is Yoshin. How would you even pronounce that in Spanish? Hoshin? That's a kind that of sounds... sauce, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce that, either. Hoisin? Yeah, is it just Hoisin? Hoisin? I think so. What does the internet right. say? Can anybody in this room read the IPA? Uh, no. I used to be able to. Really? Yeah, I had to, because uh, I took a... I did a linguistics minor, and I had to... Um, take a bunch of linguistics classes oh okay and so yeah. i did have to i had to learn ipa for like a test so i i knew it for one afternoon oh so <laughs> and sad and that's why you drink ipas now it is yeah that's yeah. why i still am a, i'm a fan of those um yeah this doesn't even this isn't even pretending to teach us how to does anyone speak chinese no so not even the chinese people <laughs> <laughs> it's just a myth Let's look it up on Snopes, guys. <laughs> uh, you guys want to do some listeners' mail from yes. listeners yes. to listeners? Only if they tell us how to pronounce Hoisson. 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 A Hoisson distribution. Yeah, like, a, like, a, like a Cajun Frenchman. A Hoisson. Yendi says, hi, guys. Since Jim mentioned the Bethesda Terminator game, I was wondering if any of you had played an even older open world game, Alternate Reality, colon, The City, and its sequel, The Dungeon. It was about as hyped as any game was when it came out for my Atari 800 in the mid-80s, and man, did it disappoint me. It was so open world, it didn't didn't actually have a plot or goal, so it got old real fast. The dungeon was better in that it had quests and things to accomplish, but the overall goal of releasing an entire series was never met. This was probably my first experience with a hype for a game not living up to the game itself, but I did love the concept. Cheers, Adam. No, I've never even heard of these games. Have you... Nope. No. Uh, that that sounds it's like it's probably like uh Elite or Rescue on Fractalis, you know, where it's uh, Elite is probably one of the uh or I guess going back to Star Trek is probably the original open world game. Um Star Trek. Star Trek the 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 um like the micro like the yeah that that you'd play on a dumb terminal, not a micro like the mainframe game. Yeah. Oh. Uh oh, 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 oh. That Star Trek game, yeah. Uh, wow, that the idea of that as an open world is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a series of connected nodes. Uh-huh. uh-huh. There you are can... randomly placed hazards and stuff in it, yeah. but you kind of had a Yeah, what does open world mean, man? Does it just mean you can go anywhere, man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely like a an element of um of groundedness that has to be there. Like you have to feel like it's an actual place before you are willing for I'm willing to call it an open world game. Mm-hmm. They ported that Star Trek game to the Atari. Really? 2600. It was called stellar track. T-R-A-C-K. And it was just, it just had a simplified version of the, the command set, which was like, I mean, I still remember a lot of these is like, SRS for short range scan and it would show you the local sector that you were in and LRS would show you like how many Klingons, star bases and asteroids that there were in each of the adjacent sectors. How, how would you tell it to do these things? Uh, there was a little menu oh. that you would move a cursor along using oh. the Atari joystick. Um, my dad really liked it. I remember like I remember like I couldn't sort of figure out how to play it as a kid. Did it have 
But what do they call the Klingons? Oh, right, because it was the trying to <laughs> be oblique about its references. Yeah, I don't know. Let's look at the manual. Okay. Klongans. Klongans Kl- would be good. Yeah, Klungos. Stellar track. Remul- history of Remulons. the interstellar. Remul- uh-huh. Also a sauce. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, they're aliens in oh. quotes. Oh. Wow. That's the really- object of your mission is to destroy the aliens in the galaxy with photons or phasors before they destroy you. If you run out of time, star dates or fuel energy, we Terrans are lost. Phasers was apparently trademarked by uh, by yeah, Gene Roddenberry. Phasors. And I, th- I imagine that photon torpedoes right. was probably trademarked. Yeah, they, in Star Trek, they had, I've never Star heard Wars, anything else proton. referred to as a phaser. Hmm. Isn't that like an audio? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's related to chorus and flanger. But that's something that just actually manipulates the phase of a thing. Yeah, right? it literally yeah. manipulates hmm. the phase of the sound. Do you guys hear that they discovered uh, that the universe makes a bunch of noises? You mean when black holes orbit each other? Yeah. <laughs> it makes a chirp? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you give us some context for this so we're not just telling a joke that, like, probably the listener will have forgotten all about that news in a oh. week? Uh, it is. It's uh, Einstein postulated that supermassive objects colliding should uh, give off detectable gravitational waves. Assuming right. that general relativity was correct, and turns out that a hundred years later we found some. Yeah, so. apparently in a facility designed specifically to gather this data. Yeah, well, two giant facilities actually, like one in Washington State and one in Texas. They had to make two facilities so large that they collapsed in under <laughs> yeah. their own gravity and then hit them against each other next to a microphone. Uh, so this is like when that guy proved that. P is not equal to NP. Sure. It, it's like, okay, we, we kind of already knew this, but well, okay, sure. But it's, I mean, it's like... Is an NP hat a thing that you can only hit <laughs> when it is moving? <laughs> what is the typography, the correct typography for NP hat? So what does this... What does it mean? Yeah. What does this teach us? Uh, well, it, it, it is further evidence that general relativity is accurate. Um, is inaccurate. Is correct. Is accurate. Is accurate. Yeah. Uh, the problem being that it still isn't reconciled well with quantum mechanics, right? So there's problems at very small scales that just break down, and we don't know. We don't know yet how that all works. Gravity is kind of. I feel like gravity and time are the two big things that we still don't really understand what they are or how they work. Yeah. And those are the things that, like, you know, w- like, look at what we've achieved with a sort of understanding and mastery of electromagnetism, right? Right. And it, that, like, gravity could kind of be the next, like, real serious game changer. How fucking rad would that be if we, like, figured out, oh, yeah, we can just totally fuck with gravity. We can generate and eliminate gravity at will. It'd be a real mess. You should you should watch the OK Go video that just came out today. <laughs> Do they just turn off gravity? They do. Make a, make they turn off gravity mess? in are the they, video. Is it, are they, is it like a paintball fight in the vomit comet? Kind of. Huh, it's okay. fucking great. Or is it a vomit fight in the paintball comet? Uh, but it's it's really good. I don't know why anybody would voluntarily get onto a thing called the vomit comet. Yeah. <laughs> Science, I guess. 
I mean, that seems terrifying, right? Because it's like, I'm not experiencing weightlessness. I'm experiencing like a plane crash. (laughs) (laughs) I always thought it sounded pretty fun. But there aren't any windows, right? So you can't actually see the plane crash. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. There can be windows. Just don't look out the windows. I guess in the like the the typical standard like military grade ones, there were no windows, but the they seem to have windows on this in this video. I think there's I think there's like a passenger version of it. It's not like the military one that people can actually just book tickets on, and they'll just go up and down yeah. a bunch in the yeah. I've heard that free fall, whatever that however that works. Yeah, it's not actually in free fall, right? Like it's just. It's, it's it, on an arc that it's effectively free fall, right? That, but it's not. It's, right? it's literally it's, falling. It is not falling though. It's like an arc that the centripetal force is exactly enough to cancel out gravity. It's, is, isn't that what free fall is? I don't think so. Free fall has, to me, has an implication of like I have forgotten the word that was one second ago, right there in my head, uncontrolled. Huh. I don't know. They definitely do fly in these like parabolic paths, but I don't know if that if the down part of that needs to be powered or if it's just like coasting or whatever. Right. The zero G it's like a climb and then an arc. Yeah. I mean, maybe they just start going up really fast and then there's a minute where they just let the plane go wherever it's going to go. Right? right? And that results in interior yeah. But it's not so yeah, I mean I guess it is free fall, but it starts by moving up very fast. So it's not you're not like you are falling in the sense of that you are accelerating downward, but you are not falling in the sense of moving downward. Because you're falling in the You're moving upward the, for half of it and downward for half. You're moving in a parabola because you What about those amusement park rides where they lift you up, lift your chair up like a hundred feet in the air and then drop you? Those are awful. Well, yeah, okay. I think we can agree on that. I was expected that those would be really terrible, but then that's kind of what the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror was, and that was awesome. What was that? Do they strap you to a tower and then drop you, and you're looking out? They move you up and down a lot, and it's unpredictable. Oh, jeez. It's random every time. So there's like there's periods of free fall, and there's periods of like really rapid upward acceleration, and then there's periods of being kind of like yanked up and if it's, down if it's a truly random walk then like some some of those rides are just gonna be like you sit on the floor yep. for the whole time and then oh, okay well, it always get off least, now it always at least takes you up to the part of the building where you can actually see out into the world and then there are a lot of the uh, the rest of it has screens that you're seeing where it will pretend that you're seeing things oh like okay. traveling through time or something yeah or well no it sounds really awesome and it's it's like you can describe it and come up with something that would be really awesome, but it's not like that. It's really just like mostly just lurches up and down, and a lot of the time you're falling. But you just have like some handles to hang on to. It's like, oh, this will be fine then. Are you not strapped into something? Yeah, you are. Okay. But I mean, you're not strapped in that tight. Like, what's the, is it the tilt-a-whirl where they like sort of, you just stand against the back and it starts spinning so fast that you can't easily like you're thinking of a vomit comet gravitron (laughs) i've heard that referred to as the gravitron a -a tilt-a-whirl is i think a specific thing that's more like okay so take a scrambler but instead of (laughs) attaching the cars to the inside of a to to like a fan kind of thing Mm -hmm. so all right in a -a tilt-a-whirl you are in like a domed car so you're in a car so what i'm imagining is just like a round room for like three for like three people okay and 
40 sometimes you can sometimes you have a wheel in the middle that lets you spin it around uh, like the wheel is in a fixed position relative to the ground and you can you can then work together to spin the thing around and and then that it spins, spins, spins it's, twice. it's it's the back of it is way heavier than the front of it and it is on a platform that is uneven and so sometimes it's tilted to the to one direction and sometimes it's tilted and the whole thing is rotating in a way that you, you get higher and lower and the movement the 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 tilt causes the whirl of the car that you're in i see pretty chaotically um you, you can also mess with it. All of these are just really meant to fuck with your vestibular system. It's so fun when you're a kid, though. I guess. Like, when you don't just, like, well, that, that's the rest of my day just fucked. Yeah. When you get <laughs> off of the thing. Like, all right. It's a real oh. shame. It's a real shame getting old. Losing all sure the, it is. Losing all the hair in your inner ear or whatever it is that causes that. You get male pattern baldness in your inner ear and you oh, no longer nice. have the little... Cilia? Yeah. You know, like the thing that that's why women keep their balance for the rest of their lives right yeah and they never get sick on roller coasters right uh here in the last two minutes another of these procedurally generated uh pornographic stories has come in okay uh Penny Linchuk writes, journeyed there, left the contribution in the dinner table. We started kissing one another, kissing her lip area for five min and also the heading to neck and ears. She started off slowly and gradually rubbing mine, after which I removed my clothing and... <laughs> I, That's it? Not, it is, yes. That's it? it Where's not, the rest? It is not. I need to hear the rest. <laughs> there's no links. For five min. <laughs> there's no links. There's no, like, proper nouns. There's no website. There's no, nothing? Nope. Can you look at the um, the form they submitted? Like, can you look at the HTML request? Because maybe there was a a field in there that's going to tell us where we can go this, to read the rest of this story. This might just be a listener just trying to entertain us. Oh yeah, maybe they knew we were going to record right now. Ernie R says, "Have you guys tried out Renowned Explorers: colon, International Society? It's a light roguelike on Steam. I mean, I guess it's a roguelike, depending on your definition. So uh, anyway, check it out if you haven't. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I believe that I played." this game but i don't remember anything about it i don't feel like riff is it anything that you have nope haven't heard of it well sorry we should have to check it out riff says rnr have you played any good hidden object games recently uh no but the people that did the hidden object game tiny bang story uh i think they're called colibri games actually i got my ipad here they did a new one but um that is not actually a hidden object game. It's more of an adventure game. It's called Abandoned. It's it's pretty okay. It's it reminds me a lot of uh, 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 Submachine. Mm, okay. Does the witness not count as a hidden object game? Oh yeah, kind of. I guess sure. Yeah, because when when you spot when you spot those environmental paths, that that sort of hits the same bit of your brain as suddenly seeing the the typewriter or whatever object you're looking for. It's weird the way that hidden object games are not so much like, it's like just find the object in this pile of objects, right? Like yeah. it's not, it's often not like we're, tr- we tried to make this look like something else or we tried to make it blend. Sometimes into the background. It's it, like it, just- it, it does depend on who made it there. There are a lot of them that will do tricks like that. Like, like you know this object has a particular sort of curve and is a particular sort of color so we're going to put it on 
we're going to put it against this archway in the background of the photograph or whatever, so it's harder to, to identify by its I mean, shape. Like, like how Where's Waldo would have, like, red and white striped umbrellas. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, a lot of them are just piles of clip art. Those are so not the good ones. They're making a Where's Waldo video game. I seem to vaguely remember reading about this. Oh, is it a sequel to the one on Nintendo? (laughs) I don't know. I didn't actually look into it. I just saw the headline. It seems like an obvious choice for a video game. You know, I would like to see a crossover between Where's Waldo and the uh, Sniper games. (laughs) You have to spot Waldo and then you have to shoot him with your sniper rifle. (laughs) I mean, is that not... That's the same thing as clicking on it. Yeah, is that not the premise of the books? (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, it's just an obvious choice because people are already selling hidden object games. Yeah. That's all. Like, who is the reader of the Where's Where's Waldo book supposed to be if not a sniper? Like, you're always at a high vantage point on a bustling crowd. Like... Hmm. Oh, man. What if they sold Where's Waldo books with, like a little clear plastic overlay of a crosshair that you could move around the page. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to get somewhere from Lee Harvey Oswaldo. Oswaldo. Oh, but yeah. it's not <laughs> Lee Harvey wears Waldo. Zenith says <laughs> Yeah, Lee Harvey wears Waldo. There you go. Zenith says, Kakabububalaya. Uh, I missed the random sign off generator. Are we super opposed to writing slash seeding a new one? Non sequiturs are fun, but how about John Blow alike philosophy bites? With a, I think the bites are with a Z or, or with some letter so extreme that it got converted into that high ASCII garbage where it's like an A with a tilde over it and a question mark and a diamond and a cent sign. Uh, boy, I don't know. Riff, do you think you could write a John Blow <laughs> philosophy bites? Man, generator. I, I don't know. I'd need, I'd, I'd need to look up like a large corpus of such phrases, and doing so would probably depress me. <laughs> Those philosophy bites in the game are probably multiple pages long. Yeah, well, it depends on. Some of them are pretty short. Yeah, I found that one about. I found a bunch. Like in playing more of the witness, I found a bunch more audio logs that I had just missed. Yeah, they're everywhere, and th- there was not a single one that I was like, "I'm glad I listened to that." Or- <laughs> I found one more movie, and it was just a woman. It was that woman in the blue. The Man. blonde lady? Oh, that yeah. is the worst video. She is so awful. So smug. <laughs> it's the worst thing. You hate her. Yes. The first audio log I found was the one at the top of the mountain where there's someone talking about... Um, seeing the Earth from space. Yeah, and I actually really liked that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I are we talking about games already? Sure. So I played like two more hours of The Witness. Okay. And um I found the environmental puzzles. Okay. And did you go to the top of the mountain until you found something interesting? No, I didn't okay. do that. Alright. <laughs> um although I did do that later. Okay. Um and uh it it was I had immediately two reactions to it. One of which was that, um, I feel, suddenly feel like all those audio logs about science were justified because like science and like searching for truth and connections, uh, between like, I, 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 I took the whole game suddenly as like an allegory for, 
uh, the connection between and math and the physical sciences where someone will discover a branch of math and then like two centuries later, someone will use that math to describe some aspect of physics. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking for connections between um, something that seems at first purely abstract, but uh, then later is somehow related to the world itself. Um, and I so tweeted about this. Audio logs were about God, though. Uh, they were. I, I saw them as more about like, um, Your about higher power, like the universe. Just, whoever gives you the strength to keep <sighs> not drinking, man. Okay, like because they they really were like explicitly like, you know, people who, like why can't people see you and understand you? Like like talking to a like. Sure, sure. Person, and, but I, I don't think that was the. I don't think the intent was to be literally spiritual. I think it was more of a, a philosophical, like an allegorical take on on mm-hmm. um on God as as the world around us, as the as all matter and all physics operating on all matter. I wonder. I wonder how much of that is you bringing that to the table. Though. That's well. That's what I want it to be. Okay. So. <laughs> Um, and I tweeted about this, about like suddenly, like suddenly liking the game a lot more. Uh, and I was, I was talking to, uh, Drew Wallace, who works at Final Form. Um, and he was saying that he discovered the environmental puzzles very much, much earlier, like before he saw the, uh, audio logs and such. And as a result, the audio logs felt redundant and unconfident, Hmm. which I thought was really interesting. Like if I had discovered those in the opposite order, um, I might have felt very different about it. And my other reaction was that I really don't want to play those puzzles. You don't like, want to like, they're, bother finding they're them. Not, yeah, the, they're not interesting gameplay at all. Having, I mean, it's neat when you find one, but I really do wish that I had discovered that at the beginning of the game and could have been finding them all throughout when I was wandering around the island anyway, rather than finding yeah. them at the end and going, oh, shit. But even, even like, so I, I discovered them basically immediately and even looking for them throughout the whole game, I still was missing 30% of them and and spent hours trying to find the ones I was missing. Did you ever finish a pillar? I finished, I ended up finishing all the pillars. Oh, wow. Okay. The, the ones that were interesting to me were the ones where you had to, where you knew where it was, but you had to do something in the environment to make it real. Oh, yeah. Um, but there were not a lot of those. as many of those as there were just stand in the right place, which yeah. as we, as I said before, like that's just uh, I Zach. You said you you found this stuff pretty early, right? Uh yeah. Like the, I basically left Fort Tutorial, did the kind of promontory with the symmetry puzzles, and then went to the Desert Temple, and then discovered them, yeah. the ones in front of the Desert Temple. I if think. I had discovered the environmental puzzles like i what upon discovering these and trying to do a few of them i started feeling about the um the puzzles where you need to stand in a certain place the way you described feeling about them mm. and i wonder like if i had discovered these early on if i would have felt the same way about even the ones where the temple puzzles it is a grid it is like a rather a screen that you're standing that you're operating on but you yeah i'm so tired of that mechanic by that point yeah maybe The witness spoilers ahead. Warning, warning. Jump forward one zero minutes.
it is weird. It it almost feels to me like the city was originally supposed to be the village, the itself. end game. Because it, the, yeah, it, it is. It synthesizes sort of every yeah. kind of puzzle solving it's in a way a that test of yeah of every gimmick, right? Yeah. And that in a way that that you, like I think you you have to have. I guess my understanding is you have to have all of the lasers lit to get into the challenge cavern. So in some ways, it's like a test to make sure that. No, I think you only that. need. I think you only need the seven. But if you haven't done all the, le- if you if you haven't done all the lasers, you're going to be less familiar with all the. I the somebody was aspects. saying that you have to have all eleven lit to to. That's yeah, one like of the reasons that you don't do notice. The, you can't things. activate the thing without having all eleven of them. And I there was really? like Which something thing? that kind of looked like a meter. The thing the thing on the top that you that you activate. But that's. Because the you can you can like unlock you can start the lock with seven and just go in and right. do the like and get to the like first ending or whatever. But the the like challenge cavern, I, I don't I don't know because I I didn't yeah, I didn't I, do it until I already had eleven. Look, but the, the way got, the way that that object is physically structured, it seems like there would be no restriction in unlocking that once you'd done the seven. I, I don't know. We were talking to Paolo about it a little bit last night, and his his objection to once you get to the end game mountain stuff was, I, I think, one that I I I didn't experience it in the same way that he did. But he he was basically like, once you get there, there's one puzzle that you're stuck oh, on. It's, it's so linear. if you if you yeah. go into the game and stare at it for ten minutes and can't do anything and decide to go somewhere else, you just have to quit playing the game and come back a few hours later and hope you've made progress on that one puzzle. And I didn't really feel like that the first time I got into the mountain because I there was a bunch of I had only done seven of the lasers. There were a bunch of puzzles out in the world that I hadn't solved and I would probably be able to wander around and accomplish something but then I just went and did all of them it took me a really really long time to find the last laser and it is because I never the the sound puzzles Mm -hmm. I did not figure out like I got to a point where I was like well I just don't know where to go like I the the wire that lights up coming from these just disappears oh yeah I I remember that find the yep yeah. And I had opened up the thing that had all the, the the next series of puzzles on it, but I just never got to it from the other side where right. you could see it. Like I just That's that's very much that's very maze like that whole area. The yeah, the bamboo stuff is like just weirdly like and it's it's confusing not because it's the space is actually confusing. It's or, or particularly complicated, it's just confusing because everything deliberately looks exactly like everything else. Yeah. And, you know, you don't have a compass or any kind of navigation UI. I, so I went back and did all of the, and I, and I just like, wasn't averse to looking up puzzle solutions Mm -hmm. if I got stuck for a significant amount of time. Like I would, if I got stuck in a puzzle, I would like tab out and work for a little while and see if anything occurred to me. And every once in a while it did, but like, you know, there's the one in the mountain where you have to just do the solution that solves this puzzle and all the previous ones, which I thought was pretty clever. That was a sequence that I was talking about that I really liked. Except the last one, I just, like, couldn't figure it out. I was so hidebound by the approach that I had taken. You kind of have to start over each time. Yeah, and and I just... Also, the first time I got there, I did not figure out 
it didn't occur to me that you could step back and solve them where you could see them all at oh. once, which makes that <laughs> yeah. a billion times easier. Yeah. Yeah. I, I ended up going to pen and paper for that. I, I've also been playing Alcazar, you know, for the past year, like the daily puzzle. Oh, um, yeah. And Alcazar, I think, has a much better interface for that sort of puzzle where, like, you can... Lock regions. And yeah, stuff. you can mark it up piecemeal, say, this is definitely... This this line definitely exists. This line definitely doesn't exist. Um, and that's a, that's a much better interface than for solving that, at least that sort of maze puzzle, than uh, having to start from the beginning every time. Right. And yeah, I'm, I guess being able to... I, it didn't occur to me to do it this way, but when I started trying to solve puzzles in Paint Shop... I, I definitely should have been like, well, the segment has to pass through here, right? Which then you can just kind of logic your way through it with some persistence. Right. I, uh, I eventually just asked Griff how to get into the, the kind of hidden end game thing. And I, I did a bunch of the easy puzzles in there and that was fun. I went back and I got the like Easter egg really long video yeah. ending. Yeah. It went on and on and on. Yep. Was that the the one with the piss jug? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I saw so, that on YouTube. Like this is a par- there's a pretty funny parody of it on YouTube too if you really? haven't seen that. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's, it's pretty for, funny already. Uh look for uh The Witness Secret Ending number 3. Okay. On YouTube. Uh So like it, the notion there is that someone like we're seeing someone who has woken up from their like trip to the island right and this is them trying to like re reconnect to the real world after having been there for a long time i didn't get that at all that's interesting the, the basic ending man i was like <laughs> the bit with, with the, the the sort of the flying the fly through yeah, yeah that was like whatever uh, oh, jesus christ like i just i felt like my time had been wasted on that. Like it was not, I I think it is fascinating that that is the ending that I think probably the majority of like casual players will see and mm-hmm. think of as the finish the like they have completed the game. And there's like, there's, there's no stuff hidden in that. Actually, there's nothing like, well there, I went and, ex- and examined, for example, because it mentions a, a bubble in the stream while you're looking at that waterfall. And I went back there and looked around real carefully, and you can see something behind that waterfall. Yeah, I wondered if that was just the interior of the mountain, though. Hmm. I should, I should, I should double check that. But you're, you're right. That's true. I didn't realize that there were those flowers were like your score, basically corresponded yeah, to that, something. In that pond, uh-huh. yeah. The flowers are the audio logs, and the lamps are the like lasers. Lasers, and the the hmm. fountains are the. The pillars, and there's something else that that uh, that is. Uh, um, oh, what was it? The maybe the environmental thing? No, because that's just the pillars. Yeah, there was there there was another yeah there was another thing that that is counted in there. I think based on the, the movies. Leaves. Oh yeah, the movies. Yeah, probably. Oh, I. I don't know i mean and this is the point right i don't even know where the movie i only found two of the movies and uh-huh. yeah so there's just whole 
The one if you if you actually beat, don't even know I don't know about. If you beat the big challenge, it, the one it gives you for that is actually pretty neat because it's like one of the guys from Infocom, uh, like the entire Brian of, Moriarty. Yeah, Brian Moriarty. Uh, yeah, his uh, GDC talk that that one year. Oh, nice! It's great. I I love that talk. I think I like it more reading it than watching it. Yeah, I think you will if you. <laughs> yeah. I think this one would probably piss you off in in a very real way. <laughs> I mean, I like Brian. I like I admire Brian Moriarty a great deal, but I like I think he gets a little. Oh, and I, I, I love that talk so much. Yeah, that like we we haven't you know we haven't said this in a while, but any listener who has not read The Secret of Psalm Forty Six, yeah, go or listen to it. You go can also read listen it. To yeah, it. You can listen to it if you want to. I recommend reading it. I think you're going to get everything out of it. By reading it, it's just if you're going to be a completion about the uh, if you're going to be a completionist about the witness, uh, you will um, you will definitely hear the whole thing. (laughs) Does it play it like possibly more than once? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. Wow, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. Uh, Wait. So is the talk what plays when you're doing the timed puzzle sequence? No. 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 No, but what wow. plays when you're doing the time puzzle sequence is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll get stuck in your head. Yeah, it makes the whole thing feel like a real high-stakes boat race. Yep. <laughs> uh, so I guess we're I guess we are way more spoilery than we were last week. So I guess so. Yeah. We should retro retroactively uh, warn people or something. Hmm. I don't know if we just feel like. It's, you've had enough time now. Yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I will say uh, the witness spoilers ahead. Warning, warning. Yeah. How long did we talk about the witness? I don't know. Oh, ages. One minute. Two minutes. <laughs> just, Three just minutes. Go get the numbers from the previous Four podcast. Four minutes. <laughs> uh, you should have like a plus in there in case you need to add, do some math to get the real right. number. Oh, yeah, because then all I would need was one minute plus <laughs> one second that I can make any time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Anybody played anything else besides The Witness? I played... There's a series of uh, free little one-room room escapes by... Um, they're called Cube Escape. Uh by the people that did Rusty Lake Hotel, which I have not played yet, but I did some of these room escapes, and I guess they're like set in the same universe as the other game. And they're they're kind of cool. They're like sort of Twin Peaksy, uh, uh, Edward Gorey kind of little games. Uh, that's about it. Other than those, and uh, abandoned though. What about you, Kevin? Uh, I've been doing some cryptic crosswords. You recommended a cryptic crossword. Oh yeah. App. Did you, did you, have you just been doing the free ones on there? I, no, I, just, I don't I, actually know what this cryptic crossword app is called because it just it's called says cryptic crossword, just cryptic crossword. Yeah. Okay. I'm like three puzzles away from being done with word burger. They get real fucking hard. I just, I bought it. I did the first two free ones and I was like, this is not amazing, but it's, it's good, and I like. I would like to get better at these, so I'll just get the like. Some really fucking hard glues in there. Yeah, I do. 
it definitely feels like a skill that I am acquiring by doing these. And it is a skill that felt, you know, for years, like a skill that I would never be able to acquire. No, I should go back and I should actually go through that random house book of cryptic crosswords and like just learn all of the tricks. I do kind of wish though. I mean, these are more, the ones in the cryptic crossword app are more American style than British. Right. And so there were just, there weren't that many cases where the Britishness of it really threw me off in word burger. I never remember what the difference is. Uh, Color is always spelled with a U. (laughs) Jumper is different. Mm-hmm. Boot, lift. Yeah, the clues about fannies are more offensive. Right. Hugh Laurie is better known as a comic actor on the BBC. <laughs> oh, your your suggestion is that American audiences primarily know him as House. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Did I just realize that House and Holmes Holmes? Is that yeah yeah and yeah, w- Wilson and Watson? Well, that sure, but okay. <laughs> okay, it's what House and Holmes? Yeah, because that's a yeah, that's, that's like a bad pun. That's not, deliberate. It's not just a similarity. It's like a thing that sounds. This is a word that sounds like a word that his name sounds like, as opposed to this is a name that sounds like his name. You know why wasn't he Helms? The name of the that's show not would a, just be, that's not a name. The name of the show would be Helms. <laughs> Hines. He's good Dr. Gregory Hines. He solves cupcake mysteries. <laughs> Why are there not enough cupcakes here? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> just Why I know I get that, but why is Hines Duncan Hines? Duncan Hines. That's his, that would be his full name, Dr. Duncan Hines. <laughs> okay. I was thinking, like, ketchup. Like, he solves... Oh, Hines, H-E-I-N-Z. He solves, like, sauce. Wait, so you make the cupcakes out of ketchup? Yeah, that's what I thought you were... It's, like, gross. Cupcakes. Cupcakes. Frosted with... That'd be a mean trick to play on somebody. Hey, would you like a lemon cupcake? It's actually just, like, a cupcake covered with mustard. Yeah. Although that'd be pretty good. I mean, it depends. If it was like a cornbread cupcake. Shepherd pie. Matt Matt Kessler was talking about how he's almost never eaten fruit except in a cookie trap, which is where someone gives him a cookie that has raisins in it. (laughs) Those are the best cookies, though. Well, (laughs) not according to Matt Kessler. Gosh. I don't think I played anything else other than Hearthstone. And the witness, and I keep playing that reactor idol. Get like it's that oh, yeah. reactor idol game has just been running for months on my computer at work. What have you learned? Uh, it's a real long game. It's like there's a lot of discussion about it. Like the y- <laughs> it's it is unlike a lot of other idol games, dramatically impacted by your ability to build a cool. It reactor. is, yeah. It's it is a game where there is a great deal of skill to be applied to it in terms of like proceeding efficiently. Huh. Um, there's they there was a patch recently that added a that added a bunch of new maps that you could unlock uh, that allow you only 
a fixed number of heat producing elements. So there's the first one is just, you can only put, you can only build one thing that generates heat. So it actually gives you an excuse to use a lot of the more complicated elements that are like pipes that move heat from place to place and stuff, because it's usually, it is almost always more efficient to like generate as much heat as you can with really efficient generators as opposed to like, I need 10 generators to run this thing that yeah. produces a lot of heat. You're always better off using lower powered things in greater quantity than trying to support a high powered thing in smaller quantity. And these, these maps force you to support a high powered thing in small quantity, like the quantity of one. And it's like, I'm at the point where if I, if I put in the next higher reactor, everything just immediately explodes. That sucks. Yeah. So I don't know what I'm going to do. Just wait. I'm going to wait until some more money builds up, I guess. I don't know why I keep doing it. It's just, I've come this far. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do you guys want to talk about the assignment or have you played something, Jim? Uh, I played the witness in Alcazar. Let's talk about the assignment. Okay. Cool. Fire watch. We have such weird Campo Santo, different perspectives on this. In what sense? You have the perspective of somebody who has played it for 40 hours. Yeah, 40 hours QA testing whether you could get stuck in every inch of the geometry. And I missed a bunch of spots, which is aggravating. Like, seeing all the bug reports come in. I think that you could become briefly famous as a Firewatch speedrunner. If you wanted to now, uh, you I, have, I think you, your fastest when you weren't really trying is significantly faster than the fastest one that has been posted yet. Sure. That's true. So I think if you posted a firewatch speed run now, you would be a world record holder. Uh, I mean, I, Ben, I know Ben has been able to beat my time by tens of minutes. So what, what is your time? Uh, when I wasn't trying, I did one hour 24. Okay. Because you did things like a playthrough where you never spoke. That, and that was that same run. Yeah. So there's a lot of just waiting. Um, I f- had pretty... Di- I, like, I played through it three times, and I had... Well, two and a half times. And I had pretty different experiences mm-hmm. every time. There are a lot of things in common, like, and it's not like a crazy replayable thing. But I found new things each time different things too and i don't really remember where they were like first time i found a raccoon and i don't remember where it was I'd like never just seen... one in the world yeah yeah just sitting i on saw a stump. one just i i i turned and saw a raccoon just as it was like leaving so i just kind of saw a thing running <laughs> so that was interesting i don't think i ever saw any non like bird non butterfly wildlife in that game there's an there's only elk. Like, there's, there's three opportunities to find them. Yeah. There's a, the turtle. I never found the turtle. Yeah, I never mm. found no the turtles. turtle either. That was a bummer. Um, think, I think there is like, and there's, you know, uh, yeah, there's a, a Christmas duck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. How did you feel about it, Riff? It was pretty good. It was, it was fun. It was real beautiful. And once I got my computer settings at a useful spot because it didn't seem to auto detect very appropriately but um yeah it was good and i i i thought the the photography thing was friggin genius 
the ability to get prints. Yeah, get to to not not only get prints of the pictures you took during the game, but then to also get the photographs that were on the on the spool already when you found it. Yeah, right. yeah, I, I thought that I was kind, pretty ingenious. I really wish they hadn't spoiled them in the credits. Well, no, I yeah. think that's that's the ending most people are going to see. Yeah, most like, people aren't going to buy it. But, but yeah, you, but you, I, I, I definitely, I, I'm, I'm with you. Although that them doing it that way means that more people get to experience it. Yeah. I, and I think yeah. that I think that's the intended, yeah, ending. Um, do do we know if like the camera always takes the picture at the highest quality rendering setting? Because like it does not. It uh, it takes it using your current settings, but it does it at like double the resolution it does like okay a, it's like a five megapixel picture oh, then i then oh, okay. i don't feel stupid for stopping and setting all my settings to ultra before i took a picture <laughs> yeah no that, that is it, that is the right thing to do if you want really really oh man although i i stuff. definitely wish and i i have a faint itch to go back and do it again to get a better set of pictures but the my advice for anyone who hasn't played it yet is don't use any of your photographs on the same day you get the camera because the weather is shitty that day and the sky looks like pee and if you save them for like the <laughs> next two days you'll get so much prettier photographs yeah there are a bunch of really gorgeous times but there's also really interesting lighting effects like later in the game too. yeah oh yeah yeah you don't want to use them all up the next two two days a lot but... of the more interesting things that i've seen <clears throat> Like, J- Jake has just been, like, watching photographs come in and posting interesting ones internally for the last couple days. And a lot of the most interesting ones are where, like, somebody on the very last day when there's the environmental effects everywhere just goes to weird places that you would mm. never go. Like, places that are way at the other end of the map in the wrong direction and stuff. Because you're not ever gated... Once you've gotten access to a place, you never lose it. Except, except the research one. site. Yeah. Right. Um, I had a lot of... I. There's a lot of criticism about the ending being anticlimactic. and I didn't understand that, but maybe it's because I came at it from such a I, different playthrough. Right? Because like, I spent so much time just playing through the early game that like it didn't feel like it... it was abrupt in the same way that a lot of people did and like i also saw a bunch of different ways that it can kind of play out there's like a bunch of subtle variation to the way that that can happen and i don't know it it felt very complete to me i had a uh probably a strange um i played so i played through this game twice uh once with april and then once again on my own and the time I played with April, it was late and we wanted to finish the game. And also, like, there was the storm happening and Delilah was telling you to hurry up. So we actually just missed the entire, it, like, like the, it, like the, uh, the, basically the, the plot denouement. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, mm. that actually explains what's going on. Right. Um, fascinating. I missed it on my first playthrough too. Like, I found. I just didn't see like there's there's just like a wall where there's all these sheets of paper tacked up that just explain the story. Yeah, pretty and much. And I just didn't see those on my first playthrough. So yeah. that it felt in the absence of that like, oh okay, well what else did I miss that would have been right and been I, explained. And there there you know, there was just some disconnected stuff that didn't, you know. Yeah, and I'm, there I'm was, sense I was just going to say I do feel like I missed some stuff because 
there is definitely a research station there, and the the guy in question did not put up all those chain link fences himself. Right, right. No, yeah. The the his little diary explains that stuff. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. Totally um, he that. they were gone for several months. The okay. scientists were. Uh, yeah, and that and that he. We definitely need to to mark spoilers for this talk oh, yeah, too. This is a super big spoiler yeah. cast. Fuck, I don't want to double it. Yeah, double God. spoilers. Jump forward three minutes. Do we want to talk about like how we're going to structure this? Like, should we break it up into three episodes? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to edit this. Uh, <laughs> sorry, no, I know. Um, I, I, so the, the thing that I did not that I did not understand on the first playthrough is that he had planted the reports at the research station. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So the research station was seriously just like about something else like it was it was like the gridded off soil they were studying that i think and then they had the animal tracking collars yeah Yeah, i'm super sensitive to uh fiction setting up a mystery and never resolving it because that happens a lot Mm -hmm. and that's also because that stuff really draws me in um and this and so like Starting on like hour, like hour two, I was like, they better fucking resolve this mystery. <laughs> um, and after, you know, I, I finished the game for the first time, I was, I was pretty disappointed. You know, I, I thought they just did a, pr- like, there was just a lot that didn't make sense. And like, uh, Ned talks about in his audio log, he talks about, um, you know, setting up, uh, the, the, uh, I think he was talking about setting up the, um, the, the, the radio receiver in his cave, but I had interpreted that as like setting up the, the transmission tower in the fenced off area. Like, and I thought that was like their half-assed attempt to explain what, how, why there was this fenced off research site in the, yeah. And, and now the only thing that really doesn't make sense is why Delilah didn't know about that. If, if you look, there's, there are, totally trees blocking her view of that fenced off of the structures in the fenced off. Sure. But there would also have been like helicopters and ferrying in equipment. They they wouldn't have done that without telling the forest service and the forest service did. And it was on a memo that she hasn't looked at. And she talks about it. If, if you follow the right sets of prompts, like if you don't report stuff to her, she will find a piece of paper. That's like, they totally did send me this memo about these scientists doing stuff out there and I just never read it. Huh. So like there like there are all kinds of like details that you can get in the game yeah, that you can get. It's that's yeah. sort of one of the weird things about it being a video game. Well, but that's I mean it's just like real life. Stuff happens yeah. and you don't yeah, find that's out. True. Well, right, but yeah. real life real life sucks and it's not <laughs> <laughs> like you know the sure. point of fiction is that it's more interesting and more not yeah you know i mean i don't want to venture too far into like uh, the point of fiction is that like you can be a superhero like because like you know no but that something either more intense or at least more purposeful more constructed happens than the story of your real life where you never really get any answers Hmm. you know and the questions weren't that great to begin with and you don't encounter conspiracies and you don't you know solve murders like it's i mean i guess some people do we should become murder solvers 
Let's start a new podcast where what we're really trying to do is get to the bottom of a mystery about a murder. Man, that's that's what I want Campo Santo's next game to be, is a friggin' crime scene photography sim. Oh. You, like, search the crime scene. Like Pokemon and, Snap? Yeah, absolutely. Pokemon Snap, except crimes. You search the scene and take photographs, and then you pay 15 bucks and upload them, and they send you prints with all the clues you found on your photographs marked and graded for quality and a uh, and a case file detailing how far the detectives got based on the quality of your photographs and how many clues you found. Yeah, I'd play that. Uh, I think that'd be amazing. Oh, and if you took the right photographs, you could, like, frame the wrong person. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, Panic definitely has the setup now to churn out what what do panic do norm like aside from produce so like i mean they they put the money up for the game yeah and then they've just helped them along do you mean what do they do as a company yeah they make a bunch of different they've published a bunch of games but they 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 got all of their money making like the ftp client that every mac user used in the 90s oh um it's a lot of productivity software and business interesting okay called status board that they're selling now transmit Um, yeah they published um they published Black Bar, right? And or did Nevin no. just Nevin just did that independently? Those are just independent things. Oh. Nevin works there, though. Yeah. Um, they don't seem to mind people doing side projects. Yeah, it's they're, like they just have been doing cool Mac software forever. Huh. Um, but so they 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 helped a lot with, like, just nitty gritty stuff and then like they're the ones that are taking care of dealing with all the like photo printing and stuff yeah that's cool so it's kind of a rad it's such a rad idea to get your feelies yeah yeah I agree and the appropriate uh, envelope and everything I actually got mine yeah. in the mail today and I went upstairs and checked the mail between awesome. shows yeah one of my regrets for the uh, the Frog Fractions 2 Kickstarter was that the the artisanal draggy ceiling eater wasn't an actual uh, reward. <laughs> it was just an IKEA thing that they don't sell anymore. The the dragon guy. So the I played this game once with a gamepad and once with a keyboard and mouse. Yes. And um, I was expecting, having played a little bit with the keyboard, that the gamepad would feel a lot better, but it didn't. Like I, I thought that the specifically the speaking convert the um interface was super awkward. Like, like there's the pushing. You know, pushing the trigger is supposed to be like it's supposed to mimic the physical action of pushing a button on a walkie-talkie. But like, then also with your same hand, you're using your thumb to select a conversational option and then releasing the trigger. It felt like a like that hand was doing a tongue twister. Hmm. Um. And not in a way that mimicked uh, walkie-talkie use at all. And and the the it's a similar thing with um, keyboard and mouse, where like you're holding shift and then using I think WASD to select the the conversation mouse option. Wheel. Yeah, mouse wheel. A mouse wheel. Yeah, okay, that's, that's that's maybe even worse actually. What? It's two oh, different I, hands. It's yeah. two different hands, but like I don't consider like the mouse wheel to be good at selecting individual things. I use it for scrolling. You might be able to select the options with the number of keys. Maybe you can definitely do the locks with the number of keys. Because I remember. Oh yeah, that that was even when I played with the gamepad, I used the keyboard for the for the locks. Yeah. When I watched Amelia play the first 
like half hour of it or so, she was doing something every time a dialogue option option popped up that she was taking her hand off the mouse. So there, the, her right hand off the mouse. So there's some way to do it. I think you can also select those things with the arrow keys. Hmm. And I don't, enter, yeah, I don't maybe? I don't... I can't figure out... She might have also been taking her hands off of WASD to activate the... The, the microphone? Yeah. Because it was weird. I mean, it is it is a game like The Witness that does not does not tell you anything about how to move around or whatever. I mean, I guess it has, like... I mean, it has a little tutorial. Like, the during the twine phase, it's doing a tutorial about how to pick stuff up and move around, and it tells you how to pick up your... But saying and, WAS and D to move yeah. is like explaining that only to someone who already knows how it works. But you have to get from the elevator to the truck before it will, the game will let you go on, so you have to have figured it out somehow, right? But you don't have to be any good at it, right? Sure. Like, you don't you don't have to... You, like, I think you can get well, to you, the truck without ever turning. You never have to be so. good at it. In the, well, you have to turn. But I don't think the game ever demands anything, any dexterity of you. But no, but it's just, it just sucks if you don't have it. And it's really hard to get anywhere. And it's like takes forever to get up the stairs to the tower and stuff. Like, and it's just like kind of makes it a bad experience. I yeah. think if you don't well, already the, have, and like, just, just like WASD and mouse literacy makes you a hundred times faster. At getting around the yeah. world, yeah, like and people, that's, that's true of every 3D game. Stop like, every time even if, they talk. Like, yeah. like they were complaining about this on some streams. Like, there were people who just would never walk and talk at the same time. It's like, oh wow, like, and like because you don't know that, you know, like yeah. the idea of like, oh, I want to look over to the left, but I don't want to stop moving, so I'm just going to start strafing so that I can look at this mm -hmm. without it making it take a lot longer for me to get where I'm going is. Like a thing that is not like you have to have played a bunch of video games. Yeah, and then if you're when you, if you're switching to console games, and this is not really relevant to this game, but like you have to relearn that to to do the same thing with two joysticks. Yeah, I've never done that. I mean, that's what like I I just don't ever play FPSs on consoles because I still don't have I don't have even a basic literacy of a modern game controller. Right, and that's on top of um. The navigational, the intended navigational challenge of following the map. Yeah, I spent so much of my first playthrough lost, and it is only I think because I was much more familiar with the environment on my second and third ones that I didn't. Sure. Um, second one, I was spending a lot more time poking around trying to get into places that I hadn't gone. But I'm sad that I think a lot of people miss the like ghost story thing in the yeah burned out cabin because they moved it away from the time when you're the most likely to find it because it was causing too many problems with like hmm. it, it is interesting to contrast this with Oxenfree because Oxenfree doesn't care if you interrupt stuff yeah it just it just like it, everything is interrupting everything all the time and it's like well that's just how teenagers talk um hmm. I didn't realize this uh I met last night uh one of the guys that worked on Oxenfree because it's uh Sean Vanneman's sister's husband hmm. um and it was like this kind of awkward thing happened where he was like, oh, did you play it? And I 
realized what the truth of the situation was and the look on my face was the look of somebody who played it and hated it but the, and I was like the truth was ah uh, no there was like a progress blocking bug that made it so I couldn't right and I'd put it down and never went back to it and oh. he was like yeah we've patched so many of those problems out and like and now it's been long enough that I don't I'm not going to care about if I play that four minute sequence again the way that I was really mad when right. I was faced with the prospect of having to do it because of a bug that I had no idea if it wasn't just going to happen again. Uh, but, you know, it was a complicated problem that they had to solve figuring out, like, well, which things can interrupt which other things. Yeah. And, like, even going and getting, like, the ghost story is so long, and even getting... Oh, man. Getting I, I, it. I found that cabin and took a couple pictures there, but I didn't encounter any I, ghost story. Yeah, same thing. I didn't see any narration in there. Well, you, or you, narr- you, you have went, to go you, there. If you did it on day two, you, you can't do it. on It doesn't happen on day two. It also so, doesn't happen on day like later, late days yeah. either. Like it's There are a couple of days where you can get it. Huh. I went on day one, and it completely steps on the whole scene where you see the intruder for well, the first it can. time. It did. Well, because I, because I just went from home. There, yeah, if you yeah I just back. ran home while she was telling the story. Right. It's weird, you know, and there's there's so many things where they just, like, didn't have any control over it. Like, the cave conversation, I didn't start with Delilah until, like, the second or third time I'd gone through the cave. And I was not fucking around in there at all, but he was definitely talking like I was. Right. Like, huh. and so it's just... There were a lot of just decisions that had to be made about, like, well, what are we going to do? And it's like, well, I mean really most of the conversations are optional and they took pains to make most things try to make sense regardless of what you had said you know it's tough i ran into a few things on the first playthrough where it was like uh i don't she's surprised by this thing even though i already told her earlier and like there's just so many thousands of lines of dialogue and there's so many triggers being tracked and stuff and it's like yeah yeah I do not. I do it's not envy them problem. trying to keep track of like knowledge states for these beings. You know, yeah, being abstract. Yeah, it's got to be tricky. I, the the run where I just basically didn't pick up the radio unless I was forced to by the game. There's a couple of leaps that it makes where like she has to know about the tape, right? And you, if you never report it, like she just end up saying something like, "Is that a tape player?" Do you have you have a tape? What is what's on the tape, right? And like, there's no way she could have known that <laughs> from her from her tower. But like, they had to like figure something out. Um, but she gets real fucking paranoid if you just don't report stuff. It's kind <laughs> of amazing. Wow. On my third playthrough, I had I had Henry like freak out in a way that I had not if run you, into. Did the you first report time. the conversation to her that you overhear? Like, cause Which? if she'll, she'll start, she'll like, hold on a second. I have another call. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, no, that's really, no, this was like on the, this was like towards the end where, where you can get him to start freaking out that he is. Oh, that he's going crazy. Going crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah. I heard like, that. That was really good. Yeah. I like that. I didn't, uh, I didn't, I didn't encounter she that. She gets real one. sad. Yeah. Like she's like, oh man, you've, <laughs> she goes, she's like, yeah, you might be losing it. <laughs> so. I, I loved the, like, I loved the exploration. I, I really felt like there was a bunch of cool things for people who are willing to spend some time looking around. I, I contend, and, and I mean, this is, this is debatable and, and debated, uh, that, that they're just too hard to find. 
That's yeah, I guess that's possible. Yeah. And you're better at you're better at navigating space than I am. I had a really hard time differentiating the color of the trail from the color of the grass on the trail, and, and so I just I lost might be the aided by the fact that I end time. up having to play everything in like super garbage low modes, right? Because like there just wasn't as much grass getting yeah. in the way of There's figuring out where the trails detail. were marked. Yeah, jump forward four minutes. So, are there actually any bear tracks to find in that section of the game? No. Ah, okay. That was that was just the like lead up to, to total red herring. Yeah, yeah. I you, saw you, people you talking about like being afraid fish. of bears while yeah. playing the game, and like I, I my my thinking about the game was definitely influenced by like thoughts about how expensive it would have been to model and animate a bear. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. yeah. Like the there's bit no where, way. where you're going to talk to the firemen, I was like, there's no way there's no there's actual firemen in this camp. Right. <laughs> and then at the end you get picked up by a person. He has an actual yeah, human true. animated. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, and if you take a picture of him, you can you see that his suit is empty. <gasps> no. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, that was the the picture that that I missed that that bummed me out the most was the scene where you're sitting on a rock eating a sandwich, watching the sunset, and I was like, oh yes, this is the perfect photograph. I'm just gonna climb down and get a better angle on it. And climbing down the ladder causes the transition to the next day. And I was like, ah. <laughs> Fuck! I was hoping that you could pull out the camera while he was eating the sandwich. Yeah, and yeah. The sandwich. <laughs> really, just fucking destroys that sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> did you? Okay, here's a question: Did any of you guys get day thirty-four? Uh, I don't I, remember specifically. Uh, so, did you? Did any of you ever take more supplies than you were supposed to? Oh no! From the big box, no. you get an entire additional day. Wow. Yeah. What happens? Uh, you just she, get chewed she, out? She calls you and she's like, hey, uh, did you by any chance take more than your supplies out of the box? And like, you know, you can lie or <laughs> no. not or whatever. Crunch, crunch. <laughs> <laughs> but you just, I think most people just will never get that day. But it's like a whole separate day that's just like. Is it just the one conversation? Yeah, or? it's just like a little conversation that you get to have. Yeah. Is there like really cool, weird lighting effects that if you don't let the conversation <laughs> resolve, you can get crazy pictures? That you, no one- you can't. You can't let it. She'll she she resolves it if you can't just drag it out. But yeah, that would be. Rad. How do you take them? How do you take? Like them? I could have imagined throwing the other supplies. It gives you the option to to keep with the hold E. Oh yeah. Something that I I didn't bother with that on my first playthrough, like keeping stuff, and I did not realize that it really pays off. Like oh, almost yeah. everything gets tacked up in your. The, if yeah. you don't take anything, you just have a single index card. <laughs> 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 it's so funny. Yeah, like, I think that's what I did the first time actually, because it was like, "Who is listening?" And then it was like, "Turt?" Question mark. <laughs> I'm like, I haven't I haven't seen Turt. I, there was no Turt in this game. I really wanted to, and that index card made me sad. Where are you, turt? I know somewhere there's a turtle out there. But I guess there's there's turts in a bunch of places, but yeah, I think there's six different spawn locations. And but if you so if you but if you mouse over one and don't like interact with it, that's the canonical location where that turtle is. And then if you don't pick it up, oh, that's nice. Know. I tried to uh, I tried to trick it into letting me see the cave door get shut behind you, but like it does, it just, just uh, the trigger shut. volume is around the corner. It's, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I was trying, I tried for a real long time to trick it so that I could walk up to the guy that was shining the light on you. Hmm. Oh, yeah. And I got closer than I expected, but he still just, I could never get up there while he was still standing there. I don't even know what that would look like. I don't think that guy's even a 3D model. Right. I, I mean, think it's, it's just though. it's just a 2D silhouette animation. That's yeah. Yeah, it's plausible. A ghost. <clears throat> yep. Our forums really didn't like it. Yeah, I was surprised. What? I mean, Doglord hated it. Doglord hates everything. And so I like I don't understand how people feel like the dialogue isn't good because I I really liked it. Yeah, and me like, too. Yeah. Complaining that like oh this isn't dialogue that like normal people would have I'd be like well it's it could oh, be. Oh, but they think like, the oxen free dialogue is super realistic. Probably is. It's probably a generation gap is what I'm getting at. Possibly, yeah. The why aren't these people sexting each other? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I was nervous during development for a long time because the very, very first conversation that you have, I think, is some of the weakest. It's interesting, right? Because it like... Which is the first one? When, when, when you you're get super there tired and she's drunk. And she's drunk. And you find out later that she was drunk. What's wrong yeah. with you? Like, but you it's like how that basically starts. Yeah. yeah. And just the and then the beginning of the next day when... She, like, I, like, for the last two years all every single bit of my feedback has been sean don't have them swear that much for fuck's sake like cut like here's what i think i think you should remove 90 percent of the swearing and that like it wasn't just me and it got you know worse and worse and worse over time and that like where he very initially complains about her language in the beginning i think was partly born of that feedback but it's like it that still bugged me a little bit like the, I, I didn't actually notice that there was a lot of swearing. Did they take a lot out? They took a lot out. I did not play it early. I, I waited until very, very late to play it. Yeah. So are there like audible stitches where there used to be fucks? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying I, to make a joke about like somebody having their genitals sewn up. Like, oh, good. Uh, the stitches where there no, used to be fucks. No. It's, hey. No. All right. Fine. <laughs> It's a Google image search for you. Ugh. Put it in the show notes. <laughs> a fanny patch. Just a suggestion. Ah! That's a Google image search. <laughs> okay. Um, we did not decide on another assignment. This is Firewatch again. <laughs> yeah, I want to play it again now that I know there's a turtle. Or oxen free. I mean... Oh, huh. Because do you feel like... Oh, because you didn't actually finish it. You got stuck. Yeah, I got stuck b- before it even really started. Like, it, before the cool supernatural elements were... I say, oh, shh, there's... There's, <gasps> there's cool supernatural elements, yeah. Just like in Firewatch. I would, I would play that. Is that. That's another, like, short-ish sort of narrative game? I think it's... Three, yeah, it's supposed to be four or five hours long. Okay. It's... The, the puzzles... The I mean, it's an adventure game, but the puzzles seemed very... Straightforward. Okay. Like... There's one interactable object on the screen. You interact with it, and that's how you get past this thing. That kind okay. of kind of deal. Yeah, and I do. You know, I I believe him. I don't remember his name, sadly, but I I believe him that they patched out because they were just scripting bugs, right? I mean, like the 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 thing that happened to me was like there's like you have to get over this fence 
to proceed and the way that you get over it is this cutscene finishes and one of the people boosts the other person over the fence and he went over there and bent down to give the guy a boost but the guy who had like teleported across the screen earlier in a weird animation glitch just never walks over and huh. goes up and, and nothing is interactable and a very similar thing happened to uh tom francis that he tweeted about like he just couldn't get a scene to trigger and that scene was necessary in order to proceed um, there was when i was playtesting firewatch there was a point where at the end of day two if you sort of walked up to the campsite and then walked away far enough and then came back uh the important object that you need to report is just not there so you can never end the day huh so there's a, there were a few places like that where you could like walk away you like load load an area and then walk away and it would unload in a destructive way and just cause problems yeah i mean they're the the tech that they used for not having any load times in this giant world was like in development while firewatch was in development yeah and i think that it's super impressive that it works because unity is not meant to build games this size yeah without load yeah, screens. You know, without you having to go through a lot of very narrow passages, like the right. doorway into Orgrimmar, <laughs> you have to go around a bunch of corners so you can't see into. <laughs> yeah, I remember reading that Gone Home, for example, the entire house is just in memory at once. Right. That helps so much. Like, yeah. So many issues are caused by loading and unloading sectors. Yeah, because it has to store a lot of world state. Yeah. I was joking yesterday. I would pay for, like, well, I described this as a, just a wagon that you could carry behind you that you could just toss up physics objects in to oh, carry God, more yes. than one home at once. But what I really want is, like, a tensors. I want the ability for Henry to cast tensors floating disc. Yes. <laughs> pile it with objects. Yeah. So how am I going to get this this yeah. deer horn home to put in the sink with my D20 and my poop baseball and... <laughs> They didn't use, I think, any of the face buttons on the gamepad, so they they could have totally just given all of those over to Tensor's floating disc. I thought, <laughs> I thought the face buttons were all the like map and compass and flashlight. Oh, and, uh, ma- uh, well, they used the D pad for the map and the compass oh, okay. and the flashlight. Okay, huh? Or maybe maybe the flashlight was B or something. But like it, how did you bring up the camera? That was right on the D pad. Oh, okay. Oh, that's the fourth one, yeah. The axe is just uh It's just a context action. Just yeah. context action, yeah. Um The Polanski. It's interesting how much faster you can get around the world if you're careful to like notice the sort of one way doors early. Like yeah. Like just places where you can throw a rope down and then you can just climb back up this rope to skip this huge area or places where you can, instead of going back the way you came, you can chop a tree down and then you've just got a bridge. Yeah. There's just a bunch of half chopped trees in this, in this vicinity for some reason. Lumberjacks. They're like, uh, they got called back. There used to be a lot more of those, uh, what they referred to as nature gates, which were just the like briar patch things that you had to use the Adevi axe to get through. And they were like really weirdly out of place for a long time. Just looked like suddenly there's like something on a world of Warcraft in there. Um, but they ended up, they, they, I think they were still not totally satisfied with the way that those looked. And so they were just, they got rid of a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the like the fact that the environment changes from day one to day two, like a couple of trees get knocked over and stuff to like explain why suddenly there's some pads that are open that weren't the day before. It's kind of interesting. Like you can't get up to bear tooth point on the first day because there's a bunch of bushes there that are just not there on the second day. Oh, huh. Hmm. But they don't explain. Uh, you can report the trees being down if you go the other way. So like it, it is explained, but again, hmm. not directly, right? Like there's a bunch of indirect exposition. Uh, yeah. The developers don't want you there until tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, somebody figured out a way to get to the scout camp on day one. Yeah. That's, I, I feel like a failure. That's the kind of thing I was supposed to find. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't figure out how to get stuck on top of the totem pole either. And somebody managed nope. that. <laughs> For steam, at least, uh, the, a lot of the, like, if you get yourself in a weird, wacky spot, they will just, you, if you send them your save file, they'll fix you and send it back. Yeah. <laughs> so like, it's, it feels like the most like friendly customer service I've ever seen. I cannot imagine yeah. any other game that there was. The World of Warcraft had like a, a a thing that would automatically do that. You'd like go into yeah. support, push a button, and it would like just as far as I could tell, do a random walk for like where could you legally be? It used to. They they eventually got rid of that. Did they? Yeah, because I think it, people were abusing it to get into places that they shouldn't have been able to get into oh. by getting stuck near those places, and uh-huh. so. Then slash stuck just got replaced with like it just basically invoked your Hearthstone, uh, but you got like one of those, not on the cooldown, right? Um, oh, man, I I miss like climbing around in World of Warcraft. That was a lot of fun too. You it was an into, like, that was the best part of that game. Job. Probably was the world was yeah. exploring that world. It was great. Like my my favorite memories in in World of Warcraft were like rolling a tauren and like at level 10 when i got the ability to tame something sneaking into teldrassil the the top of the elf tree which is like just all the way across the world yeah yeah like getting past all the guards there and taming one of the native cats (laughs) nice just like weird weird shit exploring places i'm not supposed to be like quote unquote not supposed to be which i'm sure they intended you to do right but it feels like you're not supposed to be there the hijal existed for a long time before the expansion came out and if you got up to the top of it there was like a uh, construction <laughs> zone <laughs> equipment cool. there yeah it's great yeah oxen free oxen free all right let's do it cool okay now i'm gonna have to edit this a bunch of stuff thing. i'm sorry no 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 you're right i mean we we should i didn't even think about it when we just sort of dove in yep VideoGamesHotDog.com. Just go there to send us comments and questions. Yeah, go there to complain about our spoilers. Yeah. Go to our forums and tell Dog Yeah, God, this wrong. is going to be like a 15-minute podcast if you don't <laughs> want to be spoiled for The Witness or Firewatch. we got to stop playing spoilable games. Yeah. Or just say the assignment Pac-Man. is always Only Monopoly from now I mean, on. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, which I always kind of felt like was our... I mean... I, I, I feel like we, sh- we could have had like 15 minutes of non-spoiler talk first if we had thought about it in advance. You want to start over? (laughs) Fuck. On this playthrough of the podcast. We didn't really talk about, (laughs) like, we we didn't just jump into spoiler talk for Firewatch. We jumped into, like, insider, like, 
Yeah, like if you already know know what it is and have been playtesting it yourself. Right. Which, I mean, I think it's actually super interesting, uh, but... So we should, what you're saying is that we, we should, should record the non-spoiler talk now and edit it in. Oh, yeah. We could, uh, we should only play assignments that we, uh, we've had a chance to, like, stress test for weeks before the games have been released. Right. That'd be an interesting podcast, like a super insider thing where you, like, go to different development companies and, like, you, you give them, like, free QA, but then you get to talk about how the game was broken. Being able to report record a series of podcasts during the development of the game where you talked freely oh, about yeah. it and not releasing them until oh, after yeah. the game was yeah. out would be That's that's basically what um the Double Fine yeah. Adventure documentary. documentary is and that stuff's great. But then they actually release it while they're working on the game. Yeah, that's what's that's that makes it extra extra incredible frankly. Yeah, that's true. That that must have been really scary to like just have that process so open. Yeah, like they there are just of, cameras in your room for the design meeting, and they're and they're also just so beholden to people because it was the like the first major like Kickstarter success. Yeah, so like there are so many people that are intimately interested in how this is proceeding and that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, well, Oxen Fear is our next assignment, and uh, Cockaboo Boobalaya. <laughs> Good, good night, everyone. Have a great week, everybody. See you later. Ting- tingles only come in packs of ten. You've got to buy like six packs of tingles and then ten packs of buns to get <laughs> get the right proportion. Parody.